Hello, listening people. Hello. Happy New Year, Bartek. Happy New Year, Ryan. How are you going? I'm going happy. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing very well. I'm just enjoying being on break. Just mm. no work. No podcasting. I, and you know what? I actually did enjoy having a bit of time away from this podcast and my other podcast, Yum Yum, just sitting back, watching whatever I want without having to think about it in terms of how do I talk about this in front of a microphone and or how will I debate the quality of this against somebody else? Hmm, that's, so. that's, that's how everyone watches films normally. I mean, that is... Did I ever tell you that I lost a friendship with someone because we walked out of the cinema and I did not like Ready Player One? And then, like, told that story on the podcast a few times. Then a week later, they they phoned me up saying, I I don't want to hang out anymore because you don't respect my taste. And I just was like, what? I thought Ready Player One was hilarious in terms of how much it sucked. (laughs) I didn't say you sucked. And then he was like, I don't want to hear it. Steven Spielberg's great, and I, was, I just rolled my eyes, being like, okay, this isn't one of his good ones. It's your second best funny, Ready Player One story. The thing is, I didn't even bitch about Steven Spielberg. I bitched about Ben Mendelsohn. I'm a big Mendelsohn fan, and, that, and Hollywood keeps wasting that guy, keeps wasting that fucking talented guy. They keep just giving him bullshit. But Ryan, what about your other Ready Player One story, where the guy in the front row was like, what a nice message. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The movie ends, and the message is like, Guys, make sure to turn off your internet every Tuesday. And he's like, what a lovely message. And then I laughed. <laughs> so did my friend. He laughed. So what's the fucking problem? Okay, either way, we're spitting Polish likingly because we're always spitting. And we both happen to be Polish. Did you catch that, Bartek? Uh, I was distracted by the Ready Player One talk, but I did well, catch it. let's see it again. <laughs> we're going to spin Polish likingly because we're always spitting. And we both happen to be Polish, hence the names Ryan, very Polish, and Bartek, less Polish. Yeah, it's a pretty, it's still European-ish, I guess. European-ish, with a tinge in there. And we talk about movies that come recommended. We have our cycle in which Bartek recommends a movie, I recommend a movie, and then you, 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 the listening people, recommend a film. And it is my turn, I had the one left over from the end of last year. You had the Christmas movie, Bartek. And then after that, I was like, oh, well, it's up to me now. And we knew we were going to take a break. So I had to make sure to pick a film that had a little extra oomph to it for the new year. So we're going to be talking about the film from Thailand, our second Thai film that we've done on the podcast, Mm -hmm. uh, Tears of the Black Tiger. But we are not doing this alone. We thought, hey, we're on holidays. We have more time to get guests on. You know, we can we can just do it on whatever day of the week we like. Spoiler alert, we still did it on the usual day, so we record these anyway, so uh, whatever. Normally we do Sunday, it's Saturday now. Yeah, so. usually we do it on the Lord's Day off, which is our day for podcasting, but... Uh, Instead we're doing it on the Sabbath day. <laughs> yeah, there you are. Yeah, there you are. So uh, we are joined by some good friends, Ben and Steve, from the Last Best Babylon 5 podcast. That's at least where I know them from. They're on many corners of the internet. How Hello, Ben and Steve. How are you doing? Hello, Ryan. Hello, Bartek. Hey. Good to, That's good ben. to hear you. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year. Hi, Ben. How are you? Yeah, this is Ben. That's a good... Yeah, not everyone. Not even Bartek. Familiar. That's, That's a good point. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> Bar- Bartek said to me, he yeah, said, so we're Bartek. joined by Stephen Sean today? I'm like, no, Ben. Ben's coming. <laughs> Sean's coming later. Your other friend and host, Sean, who... Can can I can share you yeah. uh, your your Ready Player One 
uh, yeah. guy in the, the front of the theater saying something story made me think of uh, an embarrassing, where, where I'm the embarrassing one in the movie theater, uh, which is, uh, so I saw, I think it was uh, Farrelly Brothers uh, did, uh, like, I don't know, five, six Green years Book? ago. Yeah. Uh, oh, the Three, the Three Stooges. Stooges. Yeah. Steve knows a story. And, and and I I very much enjoyed myself. I you know there are certain times when I just enjoy something you know just d- dumb as a you know, just not particularly uh, smart. I like seeing people fall down, and get hit by things. And I remember uh, I I really I was just laughing and laughing so hard, pretty much alone in an empty theater like uh, yes. Robert De Niro, like Sideshow Bob, yeah, and. Um, <laughs> And, and Cape Fear. Uh, and, and the worst thing about this story is that I'm not even sure if this happened to me or somebody else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I do know I laugh. Like, and I have a, a loud, obnoxious laugh. Um, uh, somebody turned. Either I got a look, uh, which definitely happened. Or if I'm stealing somebody else's story and I'm Robin williams this. Uh, somebody turned and said, this isn't that one. <laughs> and yeah. you know what? I was that person. Like, was... I was like, Ben, it's not that funny. Yeah, what no, was that I, Australian I, I know. person it's doing in, uh, in it's, Chicago? It's, uh, you know, Larry David as a nun. <laughs> yeah, Ben, Ben, mate, you do laugh a lot. So, uh, guys, tell us a bit about your podcast, what you guys do, the general vibe of the thing. Give us a bit of a rundown for those who aren't tucked into the uh, sci-fi TV show review podcast sphere. Could you give oh, us a bit doing? of an understanding? I know. I keep saying to Bartek, Bartek, you just watched Babylon 5. Maybe you should go listen to Last Best Babylon 5 podcast and that other Babylon 5 podcast that refused to cover two episodes because they're cowards. Uh, you should listen. Oh, wow, to you're them. casting shade now. <laughs> I, I don't care. They don't listen to this podcast. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I covered Believers. When I actually put in my you when I put in my podcast description that we cover every episode of a show, I actually do but it. Right. Unlike, unlike that one. But Ryan, it's their podcast, so fuck you. Yeah, that's it. Um, so tell us a bit <laughs> well, about like uh, your show, guys. Yeah, we we are watching all, right, Steve. all of Babylon Five, even Believers, if you could believe it. And we're just um <laughs> we we go through it episode by episode and we kind of just go through even scene by scene and uh we, we just try to have fun with it and try to just look at it uh and give it an honest go uh jms is a very particular man he's the guy who who does the program and uh we have some fun um it's idiosyncratic absolutely yeah. he wrote the first thor movie so that's something to think about good for him and he shows up in it. He 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 wrote uh the ch- he wrote Changeling starring Angelina Jolie. There you go. Yeah, I was gonna say he, he, he wrote uh... He wrote Believers. No, he didn't actually. You're incorrect. <laughs> oh wrong, <laughs> Bartek. Wrong. That Whoops. was the writer of the Trouble with Tribbles. The most funny, hilarious episode of the original series wrote went to go on and write one of the most fucked up depressing episodes of Babylon 5's first season. Well, I guess I should Get the fuck out. I guess I should not host a Babylon 5 podcast then. No, no, no. no, 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 no look, anyone could do it. If Sean could do it, you could do it. 
Ooh, and that's how we get into making fun of a guy who's not here to defend himself, and that's fine, because... If... Okay, well, I'm going to be Sean's advocate for this episode, oh, so no. go ahead, say what you want. Well, let's get into the discussion at hand. People listening out there, unlike those in the discussion, you know, we watched Tears of the Black Tiger, and I say to you, watch it for yourself as well. If you have any interest in checking out films of a different walk of life, if you are wanting some interesting foreign films, or you're wanting to see a different take on westerns, or if you're wanting to see some kind of cult cinema, check it out for yourself, because we're going to go through the entire thing for you. But uh, Bartek, just uh, before everyone runs off and goes to watch it, could you give a, a kind of a pitch of what this is? If, you know, if someone walked up to you in the street and said, Bartek, please, I, I want to watch Tears of the Black Tiger, but what's what's the deal with it? What's it about? Why, why should I... Why, what's there to watch? What would you say to them? Um, Genre-wise, I would say that it most resembles somewhat of a spaghetti western. Mm. where it is about uh, an outlaw who's uh, in love with a woman um, and he's got a tragic past. Uh, he's sympathetic, but, you know, it it leads to a lot of violence mm. and it has very heartfelt moments and it uh, also has very over-the-top violent moments. That's and it's also got musical moments. It's got songs. <laughs> it does have so it does have songs in it. So that is a great way to describe it. It is also like you said, spaghetti western, but also reminds me of just some classic westerns of the where there's a romantic angle to it as well, where you have a gunslinger has to go get his girl before she's married off to this powerful man. And there's showdowns and all of that. So people, go check Tears of the Black Tiger. It's out there. You can watch it. Uh, and off we go. Now, I'm going to guess that nobody in this discussion has a history and or relationship with this particular film. Am I correct in that assumption, Bartek, at least with you? Correct for me, yes. Steve, Ben, have you guys heard or seen of this before? I, I had yeah, not even is... heard of it. Never heard of it. Yeah, I... Uh... I've never actually. I was trying to think when you you mentioned this to me, Ryan. I don't think this was uh, the first uh, Thai film uh, I, I've ever seen. I'm going to recommend that you guys should check out Bad Genius from a few years ago. Steve, you specifically would very much like it. It's a kind of a, a caper film, a kind of intense, but it's uh, set in uh, high school. It's very good. Watch yeah. it. This is the second Thai film I've seen. That one's the first I've seen. And you said, Bartek, when you said when we watched Bad Geniuses, you mentioned that whenever we finish this podcast, you'll look back and say Bad Genius was one of the best films that you got to watch on this. So check out everyone. Check I out Bad Genius. This. Yeah, you it's, got, it's, it's very really good. good. Go in not knowing too much, but it's 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 thrilling. It's entertaining. It's fun. It, it, it's it's a marvelous film. So I am the one who recommended this, and I do have a history with this movie. It ties heavily into uh, one of our favorite films, Bartek, which is uh, Czechoslovakian Western called Lemonade Joe. Uh, when mm -hmm. we were in university, we had to create our own uh, play, and uh, I joked, oh, we should create a Soviet Western, and like, what would a Soviet Western be? And then that led me to actually look up what Westerns looked like when they were made under the Soviet Union, and the first one that I found was Lemonade Joe, which is a Czechoslovakian satire and comedy film 
and uh, we love that movie very much. Everyone should check out Lemonade Joe. It's 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 fantastic. It's hilarious. Truly wonderful, scathing commentary about uh, the, the Soviet Union and the West. So it's it's also got one of my favorite things ever, which is it's tinted and uh, it's tinted lemonade yellow for great portions of the movie. It's 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 truly delightful. So I wanted to find other films in the same kind of vein. We've watched a bunch of other films by that director of Lemonade Joe and oh, yeah. other Czechoslovakian films. I've even followed up on some of the actors of that. And then I wanted to watch other westerns from different countries. Uh, I have a personal fascination with westerns in general. I, I like cowboy movies and I like seeing films uh, of a certain genre that we see dominated by one country in particular or certain countries and seeing how other cultures have a go at that. And so... I stumbled across Tears of the Black Tiger, and uh, I had, this was the first Thai film I had seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw the images of it, and I said, ooh. I saw specifically the image of him playing his harmonica, leaning against the tree with that big thing, with the sun, moon, crescent thing in the background with all of in the field. And I was like, oh, I need to see this. And so eventually I tracked down a copy of it, and I watched it, I want to say a year or two ago. And I thought it was pretty good. I thought, yeah, yeah. But it was definitely one of those where it's like, I want to revisit this at some point for the podcast, chat about it with some people, see how we all fare with it. And uh, yeah, it's no Lemonade Joe, but nothing ever will be. So that's (laughs) something that we have to contend with. So Bartek, uh, you didn't know too much about this going in. So I knew basically nothing. So what was your overall journey with this and uh, how is it coming out? I did not even know the genre, the premise, or anything like that. Um, so, Ryan, you, I mean, this is a whole saga in itself. You tried giving me a copy, mm-hmm. um, and this morning I discovered, hey, it's lost. Like, it was a digital copy on, like, a hard drive. It was, like, somehow it got lost. So I had to track down my own copy, and that obviously led me to see, like, still images from it. I'm like, oh, okay, so it's like a like a western-y kind of film? This will be interesting. And, yeah, when it started, and it was very clear, like, oh, this is a, a another country's take on a western type of film, I was like, oh, this is going to be very interesting. Mm. And, yeah, it it really was a very interesting film. I, we were talking before about how, like, oh, this film, uh, the genre is like this, and it's also a bit like this, but also a bit like this. Um, and you brought up the music uh, that has songs and music all throughout it. And a lot of that music really kind of reminded me of some of the older Bollywood films I, I've watched. I, I, when I was watching this, I thought, this is going to be Bartek drooling because it's very, has some of that Bollywood flair where, um, what was the name of the Bollywood thing? Masala films? Yeah, Masala. Where- if you want to give a brief rundown of what Masala is, because I felt some of that here where it had some of that. A little bit of something for everyone yeah. type of attitude. That's basically, yeah, what masala kind of means. It just means, like, it draws from a little bit of everything into this one product. Different tones, different yeah. genres. H- hence, sometimes. this different. one is a violent western with romance and comedy and action and, mm-hmm. you know, just basically a little bit of everything. Um, and it's yeah, I, I history. haven't... Yeah, and I haven't seen too many, like, older, older Bollywood films, but I've heard a lot of the music... And I've seen it, like, parodied in a few things, like even Om Shanti Om. And a lot of the, like, more romantic songs in this kind of sounded like it had that kind of, like, old filtering, like an older Mm -hmm. sort of microphone was recording a lot of that. 
Um, and I always do remember that, like, oh, yeah, apparently in a lot of the Asian countries, they are a bit more familiar with each other's, like, cinema. So I could definitely see, like, oh, yeah, I bet a lot of Indian people might have also seen this and gotten something out of it. And maybe mm-hmm. even this film might have been inspired by Bollywood films. That's all speculation. But I always have that thought whenever we watch, like, an Asian film. Yeah, from what I can briefly gather it does seem like like with some of the modern Bollywood films that you've pitched over on this podcast where they're calling back to the older days but still doing it in a modern lens I think that's what this film's doing but with older Thai films like Thai melodramas and like you said since you know this is an Asian film they kind of you know everything kind of bleeds into one another just like with western films you know in ways but there's things that delineates them I can definitely see what what you're talking about there now Steve, what did you uh, think going into this? Did you have any thoughts bubbling in your brain when uh, you heard uh, Ryan wants you to come on for a podcast discussion and here's the name of the movie, here's the file? Uh, did you have anything in your brain and uh, what did you think coming out? Uh, I I had nothing. I, I didn't know anything about it. The only thing I had was like, I, I hope my computer can play this. Uh, but... We got it. We got it I figured out. A little bit. A yeah. little bit. Uh, <laughs> ben ran IT for me. Uh, really, that's it. I knew it was a Thai movie, and that's that was it. I was excited to watch it. Um, I've been trying to watch more movies lately, and, and this seems like kind of an out there one, uh, based on you know what I usually watch. And uh, I loved it. Uh, watching it, I was thrilled the whole time. So I'm. I'm really glad that we got a chance and an excuse because I I honestly don't know when I would have ever even heard of this movie. Um, it might have come up eventually at some point, but it came up uh, like last week, and here it is. And now I've seen it, and I love it. So I I, I thank you for that. Uh, no problem. Now, Ben, what about you? Um. So yeah, similarly. And and just for a little uh, context here, um, this this movie it had a like a DVD release here, but it is essentially uh, it's not impossible. It's very difficult to find it uh, to rent it streaming. The only uh, platform in the U.S. that has it streaming is you can rent it from Microsoft. Um, so if you have a Mac like Steve does. Uh, you can't. <laughs> well, that's you your fault, Steve. That's Whoops. your fault. You can't rent it. Whoops. You have to Maybe I'll do it on my Microsoft phone. Oh, whoops, I have an iPhone. Oh, no. <laughs> what a fool. What a fool. Maybe I'll do it on the my wrong tablet. American oh, no. It's an, I, it's an iPad. Oh, no. So, so you had a bit of a journey getting into being able to watch this, which is fun because I feel like that's what we down here have with any film that we have to try and watch. <laughs> that are, that are even our own local Dude, films. going back to Lemonade Joe and the other Czechoslovakian films we've done, like for both of those episodes, I don't know if coincidentally or purposely, we've had like other American podcasters on as guests mm. and like we had a hard time finding copies online, whereas they just went on Amazon Prime and it was there for them. Yeah, yeah. So we're used to the tragic song of every movie, including our own Australian ones, are fucking difficult to find. So we just shrug <laughs> and go, we'll do our best. If it makes you feel better, the the movie that Steve and I discussed uh, 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 to tell you about, I checked and it's on uh, archive.org. Um, oh, yeah. 
<laughs> so so it's whatever right we it. will be watching next, Bartek, is on archive.org. So it's not the best be... quality of it, uh, but I mean, <laughs> but that, you know, a place of last resort. <laughs> it could be the Tom Booker dub of End of Evangelion. That's what it, it could, could be. be. We, could we'll be. have to find out at the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah. So, Ben, what Wait did you think see. of this song? Oh, I, 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 I similarly adored this. Um, this is, this is, uh, and similar to Steve, I can't imagine, like, especially because it's not something that is particularly available here. Uh, I can't imagine a scenario where I would have seen this. I really enjoyed it. It actually made me think a little bit about, um, speaking about other like types of, uh, Asian films, um, uh, uh, a bunch of uh, like Korean movies uh, mm-hmm. that I've watched because this movie um, has a lot of like genre mashing. Uh, like it, it's mashing up like this ultra violent, like peck and paw style Western mm-hmm. with uh, like high melodrama. And, like, obviously not to say that, like, obviously Westerns had melodrama in them. Um, but, uh, like, a, they're, you know, like, if, like Save the Green Planet, for example, uh, a, a pretty good uh, Korean film. Like, it is high comedy, and it's drama, and it's, like, it, it mashes together all these different and disparate genres into one pretty, like, uh, intense package, and I, this uh, made me me think of that. Like, this was a really... I, I would enjoy this, I think, as, like, a really good, like, midnight movie. Like, it has a real midnight movie oh, yeah. quality. You know, there was a foreign uh, a foreign movie that this reminded me of as well, uh, Ben. Um, you ever heard of this guy, Boz Lerman? Uh, <laughs> you, I, I, sorry, sorry. Can I? No, I'm serious. Can, no, can it's just, Ryan's favorite can, person. Can, can we just pause for a second? I, I'm so sorry. I have. This is the first time I've had an American actually talk in front of me, saying his name. It, it's Baz. Don't give uh, me this fucking Baz. <laughs> Don't give me like it's an. Oh, Steve, it's Larman. Baz. Oh, Ryan, you are Lerman. Don't give me this fucking. I'll send that. You know what, Ryan, you're acting like a Melbourneer. I know where I know where Steve's going. I know where Steve's going. Go. I am going to tell every American I know, starting with my girlfriend in the other room, Baz. It's Baz Lerman. I don't know why you're saying. I don't know why you're stressing. No, but there's um his first movie, Strictly Ballroom. This reminded me very much of Strictly Ballroom. Um, iconic film. Yeah, iconic. Great. Great movie, and yeah, very similar. So, foreign movie to us, uh, Benjamin. Bad, bears, bears, Lermans. The MCU is foreign to us. And that is true, actually. <laughs> it is foreign to us. Um, no, so overall, I, I did, as someone revisiting it, I, I got a lot more out of it. The first time round, I just... I liked it. I thought it was good. I gave it like a three out of five. Um, and I, I was just like, ah, there was some areas of tone that I wish, wished it lived in more, but on my re on my rewatch of it, it, it went down so much smoother for me. I, I, I you know how that is, Bartek. You, yeah. know, you just have that familiarity with a thing and you go, okay, now I can appreciate what the film is doing now that I have seen what it's done before. Because 
when, especially with weird movies like this or movies that are off the beaten path of what you usually have, you were just so thrown off. You're trying to get your bearings on things a little bit mm. or you're just in awe. So you can lose some of those little details, some of those things that work like structure and tone and pace and all that. So I actually got a lot more out of it on, on this one, on this watch. And I, I was so happy because... Uh, you know, I, I was like, will I ever watch this again? Maybe. But then I've got all these other films that I kind of like that do the thing that I wanted this film to do more. But then that's the thing. I wanted it to be something specific that it wasn't. I, I didn't accept the film wholeheartedly on what it was as a movie. Yeah. And there's always that factor of like, oh, I could also share it with someone. That is that is the case. And um, I was I just wondered though from from our guests you know for 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 Bartek and I we 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 like we said we stumbled across like Czechoslovakian cinema because we were creating something and then that led us to want to explore other things and it gave us joys like Tears of the Black Tiger and I was just wondering if for you guys if you've ever had that where you found something you liked and then that led you down a certain road of tracking other things down like it and it helped find you some really great gems in cinema is there anything like that for you at all yes but i don't have a good answer for you so i have to think about it so steve you go first (laughs) i'm gonna i'm probably gonna look at my letterbox right now yeah, he's got to yeah, read about uh, David Lynch and yeah, his rip-offs. David Lynch, a razor head. Um, <laughs> you know, I, honestly, with movies, not not so much. Um, uh, a lot of the movies that I watch are are kind of the big ones. Um, I guess I might say uh, television that happens a lot. Like I really get into uh, Sherlock Holmes through. Um, Columbo and then from Columbo to Sherlock to Jeremy Brett. Uh, so like kind of that sort of things, but for movies, not so much. Um, I do love a good caper though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's fair. TV can do that, do that for me as well. Like when I watch something like better call Saul, I'm like, are there other good shows like this? And the answer is not right now. Not right now. <laughs> Go to the past, buddy. Not right now. Yeah, but, but no, I, I mean, Ben I and I have always. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, but yeah, Ben and I have always tried to watch kind of great movies together. Starting in like high school, we'd be like, "Oh, what's uh, what's this movie about? Oh, it's like a pet cemetery documentary. Oh, wow, that was amazing. Uh, like Errol Morris stuff." And um, and then I'd be like, "Hey, Ben, check out, check out this guy Douglas Sirk. You into uh." Oh, you, yeah. you into you into melodrama? Well, check this guy. I out. am now. Yeah. <laughs> I am now. So we'd always yeah. try. I wouldn't say any particular rabbit hole, but we did try to like cover a wide area. Yeah, I'm very much like a rabbit hole type of viewer. You and I both are like that very much, Bartek. We we find certain things and then that leads us like, okay, what are other things like this? Or okay, so this filmmaker did this film. What are other films by him? Who are his who are their contemporaries or who are their stable of actors? And I want to see more actors from these and other movies and we just we are very systematic like that, you and I. We we do that a fair amount. Like if you ever look through our catalogue on this podcast, you'll see like, oh, they really like these recurring figures uh, old Giamatti is our, is our child we love him but we save him and we always go for his weirder movies or weirder picks or dumber on, picks on our old podcast we really like to return to the genre of erotic thriller and I've been missing it a specifically lot specifically 
specifically African American erotic thrillers, which is a whole sub genre of its true, own. True, but it started with a J Lo film. By, so. um, <laughs> by what's that studio? I can't remember. What Screen they, Gems. Screen Gems. We love Screen, Screen Gems movies. They're great. If you want to see Idris Elba struggling to get some work, we did start with The Boy Next Door, though, which isn't one of them. <sighs> the Boy Next Door is one of the greatest films ever made. It, it did, the art- did ask the, movie the question. With the Odyssey is that the one? Yes, yes. That, I was literally about to reference <laughs> how they are too esoteric, but you know it. But uh, let's get back to our dear friend Tears of the Black Tiger. Now, Bartek, what were some of the things that um, leapt out at you or when you were first going through this? What was just your overall feelings about it? I really appreciated how, even though this is a very over-the-top, ridiculous film, not all the time, but for a lot of it, and this would be one of the things that you'd recommend about it to someone, how whenever it wouldn't do those things, it would be very sincere. Like, the the romance story, especially all the, like, the backstory stuff when the girl was much younger, it felt like I was watching, like, a legitimate, like, romance drama. Yeah. It was really, like, sincere, and I really appreciated that. Any specific moments of that that, um, that you liked? Any, like, scene or, or sequence? Um, it comes to like the sincere moments. A lot there. of a lot of the stuff when they were rowing, like when you had you know the the pond with all those you know flowers and and the lily pads in the water, um, and there was this you know very overt like classist thing going on here. It's like oh, this is the wealthy one. This is the his name is dumb, but I was gonna say like dumbish kind of mm-hmm. uh you know peasant as he calls himself. Um, going along with what she says, and it's like, oh, there's this element of, like, she's a brat, but you can tell that, like, okay, she's underneath the surface, you know, something a bit more sweet there, and then as she grows up, um, the sweetness is really all that there is she has left for him. The thing that I really do appreciate about a film like this, or or piece of media like this, that is obviously kind of homaging and satirizing and calling back to these things but doing it in a heightened way in a comedic fashion is when they can demonstrate that they they can do it legitimately it shows Mm -hmm. that they have a very deep understanding of the material that they're playing around with like it's easy to just be like oh i can make a, a silly western but it's actually greater if you can do a silly western with genuine moments of thrills and kills and tension. Like, one of my favourite scenes is when we have the the head of the gang, what was his name, Faye? Faye, yeah. Faye, uh, and he had the coin, and it had the hole in the middle oh, of it. And so, the way that was, that so was awesome. shot, and legitimately oh that's played as, like... <laughs> it's not played as, like, silly, silly, but it's, like, this is unique, this is different, and yet it still has those things that make you dig your claws in when you watch an actual spaghetti western or genuine western where you have the moment right before the gunshot is out there and i i always appreciate these type of uh films where they they do show us that on a filmmaking level they truly understand the genre that they're playing with rather than just going for the easiness of being wacky and over the top and silly and that has its place too but these are the ones that i remember far more like i remember i will remember the the sincere sequences as well like for me the visual image that has stayed with me is when he uh when uh when the the flashback and he gets 
hit in the face with the oar and he gets a scar and we get the origin of his scar. And then he is dunked into the water and he's like diving in underneath the water to try and grab her. And then time passes and now all the water is like red with his blood. And he's still going in and out and in and out. And that's the scene. That's the image I remember. There are so many things in this film that like feel like a painting. Oh, yeah. I remember one of the first shots is the, of that like gazebo thing. Hmm? Including the painting, the massive yeah. background. So painting. I actually had that. I <laughs> yeah. had that thought of like, oh, some of this looks like painting. So when we actually did get a painting, I'm like, oh, it's more literal now. Yeah. Um. But yeah, one one of the first shots, like of the the lovers gazebo thing, mm. whatever it was called. Um. I actually did think that was like a painting, but I'm like, oh, but it's animated. What's going on here? And then the scene continued, and people were interacting with them. Like, oh wow. It's one of those where once you see a person in it. You sit up because you see that image, you go, oh, that's a beautiful, like, matte painting or image of the composer shot. But then when you see, like, her and her dress and her lipstick and you're like, oh, wow, they've really, really went to the effort and they're going for a very specific aesthetic here. And I'm in for, I'm in for the ride uh, already. Now, now, Ben, what about you? What were, what were some of the things that, you know, you're, you're tuning into this, you really don't have any clue what you're getting into. What were some of the things that just grabbed you very early on in the, in the viewing of it, the things that just uh, got your attention fully? So, yeah, like, this, is, this was interesting because, like, kind of going in, not knowing anything, as you said, um, and, again, not having any real context on, like, Thai films... I really, really had no idea what to expect. I knew that there were, like, uh, parodic elements uh, to the movie. Um, And I was watching it, and I didn't quite know what to make of the movie uh, until the, uh, the big like the first really major uh shootout um mm-hmm. where they go to to Fi's um like a secret uh place and there's this massive shootout and it seems like they they probably shoot the same cowboys about like 10 times and um and then there was and I I was messaging Steve as I was watching the movie, uh, and I messaged him, I was like, all right, it, it, it just got, it, it, it just got my, the first like huge laugh out of me. Like, okay, it, it got me. And that was when our heroes show up, uh, which is the, uh, black tiger and, uh, his new best friend <laughs> show yeah. up with bazookas, <laughs> uh and just start like destroying everything and and that was when like the the rem- like the remarkably turned up all the way aspects of the production like it all kind of fell into place and i was like oh i see i like you know i was i i understood everything at that at that moment and then from that moment on every aspect of the movie I, I got like I was enjoying like uh, I, I enjoyed it opens with like a fun shootout with a like let's see it again and stuff <laughs> like that but I wasn't I wasn't all the way there on it because I was a little worried as as you just said uh, Ryan I was like oh is this just gonna be a little too wacky like is mm-hmm. this is this what the movie is like is it gonna be like this and then like seeing that and then kind of set alongside um like this uh very absurd uh like the 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 captain 
like really playing. I, I mean, everybody is playing it like massively high. And he's like, oh, I love you. I love you so much, dear. And completely missing that she's looking the other way and actively yeah, despises him. Looked at his, <laughs> into his eyes ever. <laughs> um, like, once I, like, I was like, oh, the, once all of that, like, kind of clicked for me, which was, and that's about, like, 35 minutes into the film, then I was like, okay. All right, I, I I understand what this this movie is essentially, and and now I I I have a grip on it, and I'm enjoying myself. Yeah, no, especially with these type of movies, you know, you you have to unless you're like immediately in there are there's that kind of wading you're wading into the waters of it where you go, okay, okay, I'm getting a feel, and then there's that thing that unlocks it for you. I remember on my first uh, particular viewing, the thing that. Uh, uh, unlocked it for me was when we first really got to see our black tiger uh, facing off against his best friend uh, in that in that area, and like when um, his best friend is like reaching for his gun, and then he like he's obviously on like a little police system, and they pull him to the oh side. My God. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that, and I was like, I, I incredible. Yeah. I clapped. And that was I, like I remember a, being like, this is the best movie I've ever that, seen ever. That was like a mind fuck where it's like, oh yeah, the camera's like going behind him. Like, no wait, he's the only thing moving in the frame. He's the one that's moving, and of course, <laughs> for me, I loved that particular actor's performance. He was my favorite, and immediately oh, I was I'm, waiting to bring up. That I'm with fact. you. Yeah, my my favorite oh, he was uh, the best. in the movie yeah. as well. He's, he's he's his voice constantly. was literally just like that. I'm a hero, but like just played very naturally. <laughs> he always felt like a high school student who's begrudgingly <laughs> the school play. <laughs> he's doing he's takes like, to the camera. Yeah, like Ryan, continue saying what you were saying now, and they're like. They're like, you know, school kid is like, Ryan, you have to do the evil laugh. <laughs> and he's just, he's just like, he's like, I love that performance because it's almost like he's super passionate, but it's almost like he's doing it begrudgingly and a beautiful combination. Now, Steve, tell us a bit about, uh, tell us a bit about you. Like, uh, what was some of the things that helped uh, garner your attention and grip you in it? There was just, I was almost immediately hooked in uh, with, just how gross it was in that first scene. Uh, the way that he spit and the spit was like bright red spit. <laughs> yeah. um, and how all the kills had just like disgusting explosions of blood in it. Um, so I was really on board right away. I loved how artificial it all looked. Uh, it was almost like Wes Anderson in some way where all the the homes looked like toys. Um especially the the governor's mansion it, it it was just so beautiful and so fake um that really brought me in um yeah I, I think a couple things that really like i was shocked by some of the things that happened i like there was this one moment where they uh flash back to 10 years ago uh and then they end up putting like this old timey filter on the grain and they start to play like film reels like sound effects and it's just like, what the fuck was that? Like, you didn't need to do that. That's what uh, reminded me of the old Bollywood thing, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and it's just like, It's what? the past. It's the past. Yeah, it's, like, it's the past. So, And they did this, like, weird silent movie things where they'd have these, like, ins- it was like little rascals. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. like you know, someone's face would pop up, just kind of, like, making a little smirk. And it's like, what the fuck is this? That was um, a good laugh for me, where he's like, yeah. the the young version of him is thinking about the love of his life, and it's a flash pop up 
image of her sticking her tongue out like a little brat at him, and he's yeah. like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, like the only like, thing he has of her. You have a lot of uh, iris outs as well. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> a lot of yeah, those, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and they had a spitting newspaper gag, like which I love. Oh yeah, and Steve, you never Steve has loved those forever. I yeah. can I can verify this. That's, I mean, that's a Simpsons. That's definitely a Simpsons a Simpsons thing for me. But like, yeah, you never quite know where this is set. Like, is it in the old West? Is it not? Um, what time is yeah. it? Yeah, that, yeah well, <laughs> it was back when universities were pink. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah, like all the different colors and the weird filters they put on it. Uh, everything had like weird. Some scenes had weird little glows to them. Um, one of the the driving scenes. One of the driving scenes. Oh my the, god! The, the rear, rear projection, projection wasn't black, and, black white. and white. It was black yeah. and white. Yeah, <laughs> and it made them stand out. Like it made mm-hmm. them look like extra. It made the romantic scene or whatever it was. Pop. Oh, you know, I, there was almost like um, uh, there was. They they shot the traitor. I, uh, this is the scene with the coin mm. and something I really loved. And they did this a couple times in the movie where, like, right before the bullet hit the guy, you just get like a one half second shot of like a brain. It's just a <laughs> yeah. brain. Yes. And then uh, and they did that a couple times where it'd be like someone's skull and like you'd see it for like it's they do it in like Home Alone and like John Hughes yeah, used to do it. I was all gonna the say time. in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles you have that a lot where it's like oh John Candy's devil and you know, oh, now there's a skeleton and it's like a split <laughs> second and, and you're like why is that it's here? Just so it's fun. Funny. Yeah, and it, it's just so fun to watch um, like these little moments. And this movie is just so the, the fact that they started that shot where is the coin and you don't know exactly what it is and then it's like oh it's just a coin like oh ah beautiful i yeah, had I was going to say like, I, I, I appreciate those yeah. i appreciate those types of setups to like a scene or sequence where you have like this image of like this guy and he's in something like he's like is he underneath an archway what's his perspective but in a way your brain goes oh i accept this but then when they pull out and they reveal that you're looking through a coin you're like oh that's clever okay yeah yeah i want to see more of now i want to see them do this shot again and again and then they do and they do it in different ways it's really fun i love those type of sequences in movies or shows where you're not too sure initially of what we're looking at, but your brain just goes, oh, I, I, I accept it. And then they show you what it is and, a, and it's something clever or unique or different. And you go, okay, now I want to see this shot again. And they do that. Like I think of, uh, we just mentioned Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul did that all the time. There's like one episode of Better Call Saul where it's like, why are we watching these ants? There's like a million ants. What are we watching? Yeah, and it's like deal? four minutes of like opera music playing. And then it zooms out and they're eating an ice cream. You're like, what? And then it's like, oh yeah, that's right. He dropped his ice cream last episode. Oh, and then like that kind of stuff is something that really uh, tickles my fancy. Uh, one of the sequences that uh, I, I guess it's not a sequence, but something that really by like draws me in is the physicality of our lead. He, the way he postures, the way he holds himself, and when he's like reaching for his gun, and he just has such a pronounced manner that is very uh, arched and uh, specific. But it's one of those where it's like I understand the shorthand of what they're doing with this character, and just even though I don't understand the language, I can tell like him specifically. He he's giving a very genuine performance for a piece of material that's clearly over the top like i would say out of all of our actors like him uh our lead and uh, our female lead they're playing it straight like i don't really get a sense like they're ever really winking to the camera like everybody else is they they come across like they're playing it like they're in a real romantic 
drama, and he's like the brooding cowboy who has to kill people. Yeah, to go yeah, back to the... in a different movie, which, which is, is great, <laughs> which is good yeah, for sure. To, to, yeah. to go back to the whole idea of like, oh, you know, borrowing from other cultures, it gave me real like samurai vibes. It's like this kind of loner who's like the real tough guy. Uh, well, tough guy, not in the like your know, cowboyish sense, which he also has going on, but you know. Uh, He's talented with his choice of weapon. Um, he's got this brooding story. He's got like the title. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's the Black well, Tiger. Isn't that isn't that kind of part of uh like kind of what like Western like film mythos anyway? Like you know like a mm-hmm. lot of like Yojimbo or like Sinjuro. Like those are essentially westerns. Um, just with an Eastern uh, flavor done with done as uh samurai, and then they were literally remade as westerns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, there, there, there's a definite strong relationship, and so it is. It is always unique when we see, say, you know, an Asian country just directly do a western because, like you said, Vartek, like you know, we we you have that samurai type of feel and like ben said but then it's all it's also fun just to see like he is a cowboy guy and he's got a painted on little mustache oh my god that mustache <laughs> that was Incredible. one of the first laughs of the movie of, like that fucking mustache like he looks like a kid like, like playing sub groucho yeah like, oh yeah that, that's <laughs> eyeliner just on his lip <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> like there's some shots where it looks like a little a little slice of construction paper, like <laughs> you know, like that's about the level it looks like, and it's awesome. So speaking of, also, speaking of, oh sorry, Bartako, you go. I was gonna say, speaking of not looking the right age, like in the flashbacks, our main character looked much older than yes. the girl and the guy who like right. gave him the scar. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm glad. I'm glad. That was sad. I was like, wait a minute. Is this guy like, is that an 18 year old and like a 12 year old? <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, I thought about that too a lot. Um, is this like, you know, he's going to be like her servant or something? Mm. He's like, oh, the young mistress. But no, it's a romance thing. <laughs> so did you have many laughs during this bar tech? Any chuckles or giggles? Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, giggles throughout, yeah. I don't think I had any really big major ones, but, you know, I, I had giggles, I, I was appreciating the film for it, it was a really good time. Did you have a particular uh, go-to? Like, when you when you walk away from this, you go, well, Ryan, Tears of the Black Tiger, it had that scene in it, or that moment. It's probably going to be more like, well, Ryan, I'm going to do my impression of the Blood Brother now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love That scene was so cool. That, that was amazing when they became... And they, and they, and they went... <laughs> They went. They they cut down. They didn't go across from the wrist. They 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 cut down. Like they, I, they, they, I, I thought. Like wait, is this like a cult thing going on here? Yeah, it's a lot of. Were blood. they part of a cult the whole time? I thought they were out. <laughs> that was a lot of blood. That was. I mean, good. But um, <laughs> I did like later when uh when uh he was called, when his blood brother was called out for betraying him. And he's like, well, you betrayed us to begin with. So I actually think I'm in the right here. Yeah, you but can't, you can't call me yeah. out of this technicality. Like like he yeah, tried but he, to but he did the oath it. in front of the Buddha. Yeah, yeah, but I love, but he's like, yeah, but you betrayed me, so I can now betray you. You broke this. How dare you? Like, I I, I loved that character. He's going to be the thing I remember the most. He was just such a, sl- his death was awesome and violent. Everything oh God, about him yeah. was 
truly amazing. Like his I costume think, was great. Oh, his costume. He had the best costume. He had the best oh. costume. Uh, well, yeah, I I like the 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 leader of the gang. He just was like, you looked at him and go, I immediately know what you are. Even before he has to talk, yeah. I'm like, I know what you are. The 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 governor's mustache was incredible. There were some pretty yep. great dresses. <laughs> uh, yeah. The the very um the low energy uh singer at the wedding oh my god spectacular yeah (laughs) skinny guy passionlessly singing a song (laughs) at a wedding like in like a balcony looking down yeah it was like something out of a david lynch movie like it was yeah like that was that was wonderful i loved that guy my gut bust laugh was when um when the cowboys started breaking in to the governor's house. Oh, with and the, you see the, the guy go come the down, urinal. The yeah. urinal. Comes down and the guy yeah. looks at it like, oh hello. Like it's just such a <laughs> such a strange image and yet it it's played uh, it's it was just marvelously constructed and just all Absolutely. of that really delighted me a whole bunch like that. That really got a good laugh out of me. I I also loved every time they kept reinstating like who they are to one another. Like I do love you. You are my partner. <laughs> like just they would emphasize who they were. And it's just like very, very much like this is what these movies do. This is what these stories do. It's like we need to let you know that we love each other. It's like I'm going to stand by you. Yeah, yeah. That, that makes me think, Ryan. You you said earlier, um, like you were talking about how like our the two leads and our like our, the romantic uh is they're playing it very straight when everyone else is playing it very arch um and they probably have some of the most ludicrous dialogue in in the film and so that actually that's probably like that that's an intentional choice that makes it all the better like they have is as you just said like they're just constantly restating the same thing yeah. to each other <laughs> constant, like just again and again and again and they're this saying it with Nielsen a completely stuff. straight face exactly and like they're saying it like they've never said it before <laughs> yeah and and that's what really like if they were playing it as like you know as high as like the best friend or Faye or like even the captain like it wouldn't work because it would be too silly um, like them playing it straight and everybody else being nuts is is I think a large part of what makes it work. Yeah, and we talk about the visuals and stuff and how like heightened they are, but the, the, like with when we covered Lemonade Joe or you know with David Lynch movies or any kind of filmmaker you can think of that has like Wes Anderson. You know, they have these very almost like confectionery, uh, bright or like Baz. striking. Baz yeah, Lerman. Baz Lerman. <laughs> Baz. Uh, well, I didn't bring him up for I didn't bring him up for a reason because I don't like him. But um, <laughs> in amongst all of that, you get legitimately memorable and compelling images. Like, you know, Blue Velvet is like a whole film of that where you like you get legitimately unsettling and compelling images. While he, it's like. When uh when uh Black Tiger when um they come in and they're like have you killed the guy have you killed the captain and he slowly turns around and he has like a knife in his heart that was like a that's like an image that stayed with me I'm like that's such a good one or even the the final like image of like him pulling out the picture that he had in his you know in his pocket and there's a hole and the bullet hole and the blood stained on it and, like that's a genuinely great like visual there's no like 
it's not funny, but it's like, that's good. That's good. Like, there's a balancing act, like we say, of the actors where they're playing it straight and that makes it kind of even funnier. But there's also the balancing act of, like, the, the, the direction here of the actual images we're seeing on the screen of, yeah, we have all the funny stuff, but also, like, the stuff that is played genuine and that stuff is actually the things I remember more. Like, yeah, I, I remember him playing the harmonica on the tree with that beautiful set. But honestly, I, I remember the the scene of him as a as a little boy trying to get her out of the water and now the water is stained with his blood. Like, that's, that's one of those where it's like, I don't see that enough. Like, and so in amongst all the insanity and absurdity, you do get moments of like, unbridled genius when it comes to this like you do with many of these but uh that's just me rambling about that like Bartik do you have anything like that at all like was there anything of like a on a visual level where you like that was visceral or something that wasn't just like you remember like you liked it because it was like wacky or over the top or silly for you well I mean I talked about the opening shot no no yeah anything any other like things that leap out at you at all um, not necessarily that it happened while I was watching it, but you just mentioned before, like, he was playing the harmonica in the tree, and that reminded me that there's a scene where he's got the gun in the tree, like, he's shooting down at people from the tree, so it's, like, this really interesting juxtaposition that I didn't notice when I was watching. Oh, another one is, too, at the ending, when, um, when, uh, his, his blood brother has the hole in his hat, and we're mm. following, like, the, the, doc- the deduction of why he shot the hole in the hat in the first place, and, like, that's great! Like, that's yeah, what that, that was... like, I, I fist-pumped, like, oh, that's fucking brilliant! It's like, is there a payoff for this? I'm like, oh, there was! I mean, there's a setup too. The movie's fucking raining all the time. There's so <laughs> much rain in this movie, and it's a movie rain where it's, like, fucking thick. And well, like, that first really... scene has a whole... Like the 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 shooter from above, and he sees the hole, and then he shoots the floor down around the shooter. So like, there's that, uh, yeah. I motif. guess there's a motif of yeah of of holes, the whole the whole yeah. teeth, the whole the teeth, whole <laughs> teeth. <laughs> the whole teeth. Now, for for you guys, were there any particular uh, standout moments for you when it comes to those uh, like genuine moments of filmmaking? Uh, I mean, for, for me, uh, like it, it, I, I was thinking while you were talking about like how, um, in, uh, like, uh, inventive this film is, is that like, it, it takes a bunch, there's a lot in this film, um, especially because it, it very explicitly is either doing parody or homage um like where where you see the same thing that you've seen in other films like obviously i i don't have a big background in time melodrama but i do like i have seen the good the bad and the ugly and so when they do that uh high noon like not high noon it was night when they have the shootout at the end but when they have that shootout at the end has the you know the the back of the legs shot where you see his hand like their their hands at the guns and uh like they're shaking and you're like okay like i'm i'm familiar with what this is right like i've seen i've seen this in a ton of movies and then that they manage the 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 movie kept uh, like uh going to uh familiar constructions and then um uh then then uh doing a, a something clever i hadn't seen with them before uh, so like there was a, the hole in the hat, um, 
But I mean, I was thinking about how, like, how they pay off that final shootout, which is, uh, is that the one where the brain explodes? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure. I think that's the no, brain that, one. No, that's one, the final is, shootout. Is that the brain one? one? Which one is that? No, that's the one when his teeth explode. His teeth explode. Right. Yeah. yeah, I didn't expect that. Bad, Not in a million up. years. <laughs> like, and it's seen, awesome. And it's I've awesome. seen a lot of westerns. I love westerns. Uh, I've I've seen a lot of shootouts at the end of the movie. I've seen a lot of that. I've never seen uh, a man's teeth explode. Um, yeah. So you know, and 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 that's true throughout the film. Like there, there's a lot of examples of that, but but that one sticks out in particular because it's such a shop worn trope uh, that everyone's seen, and it's like, aha, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Steve, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I it's hard for me to kind of separate the beautiful shots and the beautiful moments with the absolutely silly shots. To me, it's all the same thing. It's like. This movie just goes all the way, everything. Um, but something that really like made me laugh and, and kind of clap with, with delight was he had just been whipped by his father for allowing the governor's daughter to get into such grave injury. Uh, and he is passed out on the floor and his pipe or his whistle uh, has been destroyed. And uh, the female lead, she she comes in and swaps it out for a harmonica as he is kind of passed out. And then the music changes from it's a it's a whistle playing it. Yeah. The second she puts the harmonica down, it picks up and it's harmonica music. Um so just like I, I feel like this movie just finds these little ways to delight you constantly. Uh like Ben said, the way that this guy's teeth explodes or uh Bartek, I think you mentioned like how the guy is just on like a conveyor belt in that shootout and he's moving, but the camera's not like it's, it's full of these just like delightful. I don't even want to say tricks. Uh, it's just, nothing is done the way you expect it to be. And uh, there's so many things in this movie that I, I, I'm just going to keep thinking about. Uh, yeah. Beautiful too. I, the colors are so beautiful. The costumes uh, at some point I thought I was watching a, a cartoon the way that everyone's, the colors are so vibrant and the movement is so um, well thought out. So mm, it's one of those where it, you wish real life looked like that. Sometimes where you're like, I wish everything was so vibrant like this. Sorry, and, and or movies made today. <laughs> or movies made. That's today. my that's my obnoxious the MCU nerd complaint. Like I'm well, or anything. Like it's just no, like yeah, oh, sure. let's desaturate the color out of everything. Like it's nice to see a movie that actually so, yeah, knows that right. there are colors in the crayon box that aren't dark blue and maybe a little yellow don't forget brown like, so yeah, brown. <laughs> it looks like quick. gray yeah I, I was, you took it out of my mouth gray don't forget gray gray yeah, well that's why we love the love witch where that movie oh, was well, nothing but like it's beautiful did colors. you did you see anna biller's uh first movie no uh, so she did i've the never love seen witch. any other movie from, oh, from I, her. if you enjoyed the, the Love Witch is, is a is a better film, but I enjoyed, I think it's uh, Viva is the name of her first movie. And I watched that with a, a good friend of mine, uh, and we were screaming at Not once. me. It wasn't me, uh, by the way. It was, Steve's it not a good friend. It was, it, it, I was he's not, a bad yeah, friend. I, I would say <laughs> Steve because you're here. But he's a bad friend. <laughs> he's a bad, bad friend. Um, 
there was a sequence in this in Tears of the Black Tiger that um, I also rather enjoyed where you had, um, you know, they're breaking into the governor's you know, uh, house and the wedding and all of that hijinks is happening. And you and you have like the the nice little moment where you have a uh, you know head of the evil gang and he's like ah I'm in charge I've got everything up my sleeve and he's playing it super calm and then he just gets stabbed from behind with a bayonet and then you turn around and it's like hey this guy is again yeah, so the, the governor, the governor yeah. he had a criminal past he implies yeah, he's yes like, he's like I grew up on the streets or whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah. But my Don't favorite part me. was he he did he did finish there he did shoot like he did continue to make sure to kill this fucker like he stabbed him and then the guy then you know he takes it out then you have the classic like turn around and be like you 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 stabbed me how could you do that but no no he did stop there it's like no no I'm gonna make sure to put this guy down which I appreciated so much even though it meant that one of my favorite characters now left the film uh, rather suddenly but hey that's fine it was, it was a great it was a good exit yeah. It was a great exit. It's one of those that you remember from the dawn of time. Um, I do love that uh, those uh, the kid bullies. The, the, <laughs> I oh, and they came back as adults. <laughs> and they, they looked like absolute losers. Like, and they were like, I remember when I did that to you t- 10 years ago. Like, You know exactly what's going to happen, too. You're just like, yeah. all right, I can't wait to see these guys get their ass kicked again. Yeah. But it's one of those things where it's like, there's such losers, but they're still playing it like they're genuine, like, you know, like they're real threats. But you look at them aesthetically, and like, these guys are going to get their asses kicked so hard. And they do. They do get their asses kicked so hard. Um, anything else in particular you want to reference, Bartok, or flag up when it comes to it? Because there's, there's, there's quite a lot here. I mean, they, they took the trump card of uh, you know bringing up that the kids come back as adults and they kind of still have you know similar things, like the shortest one is still the shortest one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, that's how we got to remember who they are. Yeah, yeah. And also pointing out that I'm the one that gave you the scar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um... It is one of those movies where they make sure this is how this came to be. Like, is this the origin of the Scar or the Harmonica? It's or... it's the the samurai, the outlaws, you know, origin story of yeah. how he got the Scar. How he got the, how he got all of that. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. There's... Oh, Ryan, you wanted to bring up something about the title. Oh yes, yes, the title. Now, Bartik, you were looking at Wikip- uh on uh, IMDb, yes. and one of the Wikipedia titles yeah. oh. was. Was uh, this film cannot be translated? But and then the next one was like the film's translation title is this, yeah. <laughs> so like, the, which is it, guys? Yep. Yeah. So the uh, on Wikipedia it says here that the Thai title, the Thai tool, is uh, Fa Talai Chon, literally the heavens strike the thief. Okay, and then at some point it's now Tears of the Black Tiger, and um, I did a bit of background reading, just some Wikipedia, some IMDb, and a few other places, and on Roger Ebert's website, there's a review for this, not by Roger Ebert, of course, although this was reviewed when he was still with us and still reviewing, so... Yeah, I don't know. he was around in 2000. Yeah, and so they have it titled as, I think, like a fistful of colors or something. And I'm like, why is it titled this? That might that could be like maybe the that could be the, 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 yeah, I was going to say the article yeah, title. Yeah, that, that's like what I had the to kind of witty. That's what I had to gather. Like, and then I read the review, and it's one of those, um, let's just say, embarrassing reviews where they <laughs> kind of ended being like, this could have been a great, like, because YouTube was new. 
um, factor that in. Like, this could have been actually not a feature film, but a great, like, YouTube short. In fact, I kind of feel guilty when watching the movie that it's feature length and not, like, a, a short YouTube film. Oh. And I'm like... Oh, no. <laughs> Embarrassing, you said? Wrong. Yeah. Good word. <laughs> <laughs> I was embarrassed. I'm thoroughly embarrassed. Like, fuck off. Like, this is a film that puts so much effort into it. Like, that's another appeal of the movie is... You look at it, you look at it, and you go, they gave their heart and soul. Everybody gave their heart and soul into this. This isn't half ass. Like, that's another thing that makes it stand out as, like, a great, like, comedy film. Sometimes, sadly, when it comes to, like, these spoofs of things or these homages and whatever, when it comes to, like, being films, they rather, like lackluster and kind of lame and they don't put enough like of that big effort in okay sometimes but... you can just get these like spoof movies like ah well they're wearing cowboy outfits isn't that good enough but it's like no push more and this is a film that pushes all the way that you can and still maintains being comprehensible and i just want to just point out that that was a, a jim emerson review i don't know roger i, uh, I don't know i don't know i just that. want well he was a it, it i mean i don't think he writes for him anymore but it's a, just a writer on his website yeah no, I, I, don't, I, think I just wanted I, to defend the good name of chicago's roger Ebert. no roger Ebert didn't like nothing but trouble he's our enemy so and he didn't like baby's day out he's our know, enemy I, again i think that reviewer has something i think on the same sort of wavelength maybe pablo picasso's paintings should have just been deviant art uploads Another thing about the behind the scenes uh, was mentioned early on that it's actually quite hard to find copies of this in America. Mm-hmm. There was a DVD release at the, of this at some point. There was also cut like down. Yeah, a lot of like, studio meddling minutes. for to cater to American audiences. Uh, and of course, whose yeah, names? I saw that. Whose yeah, names Harvey. come to? The, yeah, it's the Weinstein's in general, and they are very much. It was in, you know very much classic. You hear this all the time. Well, we have to cut it down for business and also because Americans will digest it better if we just hack it to bits. And then even then when we do, and also we have to change the ending to happy because um, because of 9-11. And that's where Ro- <laughs> I said that. And, and guess what? Guess what? Guess what? That's where Roger Ebert comes back in, baby. Zoolander. Because I think of Zoolander and his review of Zoolander where he was like, how dare how dare Ben Stiller release a comedy after 9-11 in such poor... It's like Ben Stiller didn't fucking make it happen. Like, he made a movie. Now, Roger was right. I stand no. with Roger. I, I, Did I'm he give Dana Carvey shit too. for Master of Disguise? I don't think he watched it. <laughs> no one watched Master of Disguise. But, like, that was shot during 9-11. Didn't come out, like, a week or two later. Oh, well, that's like fair enough, yeah. Zoolander. Fucking Zoolander. Fucking Zoolander. How dare it be I, funny? I, I, I want to... Give you uh, a little Zoolander. context, and, and and Steve, context please is for back kings. me up Go that on. you remember this, which is so I remember like in the the following months after nine eleven, there uh, uh there was oh, fuck, what was the name of it? It was uh, this Jim Carrey uh like being serious movie, the majestic. Came out. That was, it was the majestic, the majestic, and yes, uh, I remember the television commercials for it weren't like clips of the movie or at least entirely and then like the majestic now in theaters what it was was uh a uh camera interview with jim carrey and other people that worked on the film and please steve tell me that you remember i this. do not remember any of where that. where they're like you know the majestic it's a it's a movie about like people coming together and i really think i really think that's what uh we need right now oh i guess <laughs> i kind of do now that you mentioned and it, but i remember that movie memory. Or yeah. that that commercial 
all the time. And so, I mean, that's 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 where we were. That that was, you know, September of 2001, October of 2001. And it's like we 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 need a a, a movie uh, right like this right now. The sad thing is, I can't <laughs> remember my wife's phone number, but I do have a catalog of projects that were killed because of the American psyche post 9/11. So, that's like where I'm at like like, do I know that Reefer Madness, the musical, flopped on Broadway because it dared to come out a few days after 9-11? Yes. Uh, do I remember the pilot episode to The Lone Gunman? Yes, I do. Which, of uh, If you've never watched the pilot episode of The Lone Gunman, came out, I think, in May of 2001. And the plot is The Lone Gunman stumble across a conspiracy that the American government is going to do an inside job where they hijack a domestic airliner plane and fly yep, it into the Twin that. Towers. And it's up to yep. them to stop it. That's yep. the plot. And you know who wrote also, that episode? Vince Gilligan. Vince? Uh, yep. What did you know? What the <laughs> fuck did you know? Because you brought that shit back in Breaking Bad too. Yeah, Vince. You brought your plane crashing in Breaking plane, Bad. What the uh, fuck tragedy. did you know, Vince? <laughs> Can you tell us? If we watch all of his work, we could find secret messages of him telling us how he knows what really went down. Like, what the hell is going on? We've all been brainwashed by things older than 2001 that dare to show the Twin Towers in it. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Course. Yeah. But um, when it comes to the film that we're actually talking about, Tears of the Black Tiger, uh, is there anything else either of you guys want to flag up or bring up or discuss when it comes to this? Anything else that you want to go over? You know, the thing that I thought of a lot, and I I make this comparison um, every time I can, but it did remind me of wrestling. It was very much a professional wrestling kind of feel where everything is escalated, uh, there's very simple stories that kind of get woven in and a ton of, of violence. Um, yeah, it, this was this scratch that itch for me. So uh, if you like this, you know, watch Monday Night this... Raw, perhaps. No. <laughs> this, no I'm uh, not do that. Thank you, Alex. This, <laughs> this movie uh, really reminded me of... Uh, uh, wrestling rules, though. Australia is a great so... place for wrestling. Come on. I'm all right. Thank you. Keep going, Ben. For, for, for some years, uh, I went to this place called, uh, which is still around, um, Facets uh, here in Chicago, which is like this art house theater that is like super like art housey. Like it's a tiny little theater. It probably seats about maybe 45 or 50. Um, oh, yeah. And like, and they play like really like super budget indies or a lot of like international cinema from like beyond like where we, we typically import uh, films. I saw a lot of movies from like Brazil um, and uh, just all over. And they had a midnight movies program uh, one summer where they would play um, movies like this. Uh, but they would precede them because it was fancy art house with like uh, a lecture from somebody that was very uh, familiar with the film uh, that put the this really like cheesy or absurd or strange film within the context that it was being made in. Like so we watched like uh, Lady Terminator from the Philippines and this guy gave this long very interesting lecture about like this grand tradition of these Filipino 
like takes on American movies as these very broad and like ridiculous films. And if you haven't seen Lady Terminator, it's incredible and hilarious. Um, and and this is a movie I kind of wish that like I got to see this movie in that program because I would love to have yeah, for sure. that same dude talk like for 25 minutes about like this grand tradition of time melodrama and like the background of the director and the actors um mm. because like i really like it just made me think about how how much i appreciated that at the time and how much i'd love that for this film well ben it's it's time for you to stop talking about that guy and start being that guy yourself you should be that guy you yeah, ben. are now somebody who's experienced this you could do the legwork you can be the person giving a lecture about Tears of the Black Tiger. What's stopping Sadly, you? Sadly, they, they shut it down because Start it only, up. only freaks like me were into it. Start <laughs> yeah. it up. Start it up. <laughs> Who wants to sit in a lecture at midnight and then watch a two-hour movie and then have a discussion after? You left me, at like 3.30. Me, me. The yeah. only time I've ever had that was when... Um, my wife and I were going on a date early on in our relationship and they were screening Blues Brothers and they had a little thing like that and then they had a quiz <laughs> about Blues Brothers and the the reward, Bartok, you know the story, the reward for this was we'll send you the soundtrack, we'll mail you the soundtrack. This was like 2012. So it's like, we'll post that to you. I'm like, yay! And I won because of course I did. Um, I know Blues Brothers quite well. I love Dan Aykroyd. Ryan's seen the film. I have seen it. Ah, John Candy. But then months go by, months and months and months, and they never posted it to me. Like, what the fuck's happening? And I completely forgot about this. Was like my first year away from home, university, just started dating. So eventually, I forgot about my Blues Brothers soundtrack. And then eventually, like I think it was like ten months later. I got something in the mail, and it was from the cinema. I'm like, oh my god. I opened it up, and there was a letter first that I read, which was, unfortunately, we're out of copies of the Blues Brothers soundtrack. So here, have Michael Jackson's (laughs) This Is It. Okay. (laughs) I I don't like Michael Jackson. Fair trade. Sure. Uh, And then I proceeded to... an unrelated thing. Then I proceeded... Well, it was because it was a movie thing at the time, I guess. I don't know. But it was like, okay, great. Now, now I have a Michael Jackson CD. I don't like Michael Jackson. Um, and then I proceeded to every time I had to trim my toenails, I put my toenails in that CD case because I, I, I was like, oh, this is something that amuses me. But then when I moved out of that flat, I took every, <laughs> I took everything except oh, that. No. I kept that oh, in gross. a drawer on the oh, table no. for the next person to have a little discovery. Surprise. I see, that's, that's what we call gift giving so that's my little experience with uh that uh is there anything else anyone wants to bring up about tears of the black tiger any sequences or observations or just uh anything else it ruled it was great yeah i loved it thank you yeah thank you for uh sharing it with us yeah i had a yeah we're in your debt for this Okay, well, we'll have to hear how you Don't pay that Don't tell him that, he's going to call for it. He's not going to pay <laughs> Don't worry, Ben, we're going to repay both of these uh, fellas with our pick. Our pick's great, you know oh. that, Ben, right? Yeah, no, no, yeah, you say, you say that, like, ominously. We'll it's see, a good movie. we'll see, we'll see in a bit, yeah. but uh, Bartek, final thoughts, recommend this to people, would you? <laughs> no tigers, though. Is that a disappointment for you? No tigers. I was kind of hoping for a tiger part. Yeah, you never mentioned what you kept thinking this was. 
you kept telling me for the last couple of times we talked, you're like, Tears of the Black Tiger. It keeps making me think of a certain video game. Oh, that. For a while, I couldn't remember the title. I kept calling it Life of Black Tiger. <laughs> Which is an infamously bad video game, right? Yeah, it was. I think it was like meant to be like a mobile game, but then for whatever reason, the official Sony PlayStation YouTube account uploaded a trailer for it because they were putting it on the PS4 and nobody knew why. And they are very hush-hush about why they did that. It's, like, a big mystery. Yeah, and isn't that, like, guy who does that game, isn't he, like, infamously... Is it the same guy I'm thinking of where, it's like, they keep putting new games up on the PlayStation Store every year and they're just, like... I think it's scaring. a different guy. That's a different guy? I don't know. But Tears of the Black Tiger is not that game, which no. was... What was it? Tiger... What was that What was that Tiger title? Life of Black Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> There's Black fans Tiger. of Tears of the Black Tiger who's like, oh, a video game adaptation! <laughs> and they're like, no! <laughs> that one does have a tiger in it, though. Again. You play as the Black Tiger. You play as Black Tiger. Um, I thoroughly recommend this I recommend movie. it, too. I was joking about the tiger thing. I do thoroughly recommend this. It's. Uh, I think it is a good entryway into some foreign cinema as well. Uh, and it made me keen to see other Thai films. Eventually, we I did with Bad Genius, which is also a great... Just like I said, people check out that film. Just just watch that one. That one's not weird like this, but it's it's very good. T- technically, Tears of the Black Tiger is the worst Thai film I think film I've seen, but it's really good. Yeah, I, I do. <laughs> I gotta see it. more. Yeah, this is definitely opening up a, a whole world where I'm just like, I gotta see more of this stuff. Yeah, people, that, if, this if you know fantastic. films, more Thai films to check out, please. Yeah, go throw for it. Them our it. way. I, I'm really unfamiliar. I, like, I only stumbled across both of these films through just my own curiosity of what was happening with, with those corners of the inter- like on the internet. So I just, this is one of those where it's like, oh. Yeah, uh, don't hold back. Don't be shy. We're begging you. Bartek's begging you. We're begging you. We're in this together, Please, please. Okay, please, please. Uh, Guys, final thoughts, and uh, would you recommend? Yeah, I loved it. Recommend. Thumbs up. Five bags of popcorn. Whoa. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Recommend it. I can't recommend it enough. It, it, uh, It delights you every minute. Like, there's always some strange new thing that they do, and, uh, I had a ball. I can't recommend it highly enough. I, we were actually talking to Sean today. Uh, Sean is the other host of our podcast. And I was like, Sean, you need to watch it today. It, it's that good. Like, you need to make some time to watch it today. Yep. Sean? I don't know if he will, but uh, Sean. Message me that you- you'll watch it, okay? And uh, maybe yeah, maybe we'll please. allow you on the podcast if you do that. Hey, no, remember, I'm Sean's advocate this episode. And oh, you right. Can't, yeah. You can't, oh, we didn't make you can't hang that over him, okay? Okay. <laughs> Either yes or no. Okay. <laughs> Okay. That's All legally right. not allowed in America. That's fine. Sean keeps making these tweets on that platform called Twitter where he's like, you want me on a podcast? Ask me. Ask me. And I did. And he never replied. So that's why he's not here. Uh, well, I gave uh, him the chance and he didn't fucking reply. He never, you know, you he know never call, said he uh, would reply. You know what? You know what we call that in Australia? Or as Baz Luhrmann would call it? At, at a, Dog Bay act. What a fucking dog a, a act, dog Sean. Act. You watch your a words, right? You watch your words. A dog act. That's Steve, a real phrase. Did you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> there was that film. What, what, I think it was like, the... That's pretty good. I like that. A That's dog a good act. phrase. <laughs> it is a good phrase. We have many good phrases. What do we call that, Ben? What, ben, what do we call that if someone just kind of... Uh, Such a dog act, Sean. I, what was that? I like, it it was was like outra- I'd say an outrage. That's, that's an outrage. <laughs> oh, you guys are so, like buttoned up oh sean that was an outrage and me i'm going like <laughs> fucking dog act bro no, i just I, I don't know if we have like a, a word for that uh when someone just acts a fool 
Th- you know, that- Steve, I, I just want to say that they yeah. they could have just made that up and said, oh, this is what we say in Australia. You and I would have believed it. It's true. We do say well, that. I've, I've actually got an example <laughs> I, that I want to tell of someone calling something dog. Um, there, there was that film, I think it was um, The Mission. The, the, the Robert De Niro, like, was it called The Mission? I have no clue. I'm not up. Was he in Australia? In this? No, keep I, going with your thoughts. There was a religious film uh, called like The Mission or something like that that begins with like a person tied to a raft and thrown down a river. Okay. Um, and we watched that film in year ten religious education because I went to a Catholic school, and there was one kid in the class who, when they saw that happen, he just called out loud, "Oh, that's so dog man." <laughs> <laughs> How could he do that to poor Bobby that we- De Niro. I, I, love, I love that we keep sharing these weird little slice of life stories this episode. Like, now you're making me want to share more, but we, we've got to eventually wrap up at yeah. some point because I don't know if anyone wants to hear. You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to tell my story. So hey, I, was, hey, I work as a crossing guard. I help children cross the street for school and I get paid way too much money for that because I work on the roads. So it's very dangerous, apparently. So I get I get good stuff. And one time I was standing there and there's like a, a bunch of teenage boys being, you know, dickheads, just talking being lewd and crude yes i love this story (laughs) and one of them was like really weirdly sexual he's like oh man i've always wanted to be tased he's like i think it would be hot to be just a taser hit me i'm like okay and they were taking up the the footpath but i had no recourse to tell them to move because i didn't want to interact with them they were annoying me but then this woman walked was trying to walk past and she was being blocked off by them and she's like excuse me could you just Move out of the way. Like, you're taking up the whole thing. Like, she got very annoyed with them. And these mates, they grabbed the dickhead one who was talking about wanting to be tased. They're like, oh, sorry, miss. Sorry. Sorry. He doesn't speak English. He's French. He doesn't know what you're saying. We're so sorry. He's an exchange student. Really pulling it out of their ass. And she's like, oh, really? Is that the case? And then she spoke French to him Uh to try and one-up him. But then, this this is one of the greatest things. He spoke French back. And she got confused. And walked away, like, like that really dumbfounded her. Walked away, and then he just simply said, Oh, boys, French class is paying off. And I, I, you know what? I respected him. I wanted to be that kid. That was one of the greatest interactions I've ever seen Pretty on the good. street. Why, my I hero? I never saw that kid again. And you know what? That's I just fine. just want to be an overpaid crossing guard, apparently. This yeah. Sounds like a good That's, career choice. That is, I'm I mean, going to take care of crossing guards here, Ben. I'm going to be honest. They don't. No, I think they call them lollipop men. We do call that. Well, that's if I had a lollipop, but I don't. I oh. I, I push the button that helps don't you go across the road. Who, lollipop who is played? basically like the sign that they hold. Uh, like it's on it's a like big a pole construction with stop sign. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But they call us because they look like big lollipops, so they call Which them. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Lollipop ladies or lollipop men. Um, but I don't have a lollipop, so I'm just a crossing guard. So there you go. You got uh, a whistle though. I don't right now. Because COVID, oh, shit. They, they, they stripped him of the whistle. I, he, I, he didn't the whistle. whistle. I guess I haven't seen it in years. No, no, we're not allowed whistles at the moment because of COVID. We have to wear masks, so we don't have whistles. Um, so this is the world nice. we live in. I'm so sorry, everybody. Uh, that's that. my end of slice of life. Now, boys, now this, one, uh, boys. this is going to be marked on Spotify as a COVID nineteen episode. Shut up, Ben. If you keep <laughs> saying it, it will be. What does uh, that mean? That this has information about COVID? Or? Yeah, shut up, Mark. We'll talk about. It. 
it later. <laughs> I don't want this restricted. Okay, but I have to wash my hands first. Shut up. If we I'll push this on YouTube and swear in the first like eight up. seconds, we'll get in trouble. Okay, shut up. Now, boys, Babylon boys, what have you got recommended for us? So you are our listening people's choice for next episode because I know you guys always listen to the podcast. I'm always getting messages from Steve saying, wow, <laughs> I really loved your fiery takes your- on the French comedy film Santa Claus is a Stinker, which is the I, Christmas I listen, film. Yeah, I did listen to a couple episodes just before this, and I did appreciate uh, how much respect he threw onto Mouse Hunt. Uh, thank you. Mm. I mean, it's thank a great you. film. Great film. It deserves yeah, it. it is thank a great, you it is a great film. for downloading. An adult. Well, you should. It's yeah. got weird actors turning up in it. They go, oh, yeah, you're in this. Yeah. It's one of those. It's got I mean, William it's, Hickey. It's opening scene. I'll think about for the it's rest. It's one of the funniest things. <laughs> it's got it, William Hickey's last performance. I do love William Hickey. He was always great. I love that guy. Um, but what is the film that you have lined up for us on the next episode? What we, have you um, got? We talked about this for a while because we wanted to really give you something good. Yeah. And we wanted something that kind of uh, reflected us a little bit, you know, where where we are in life, uh, physically and emotionally and spiritually, and um, but also uh, like literally physically, but also physically mostly. It's on. A, it's a it's a very midwestern movie. So Ben, if you want to, oh, yeah. the way you are, I thought you meant yeah. like your body. Yeah. Like, are you guys okay? Very <laughs> <laughs> midwesterners. We're, we're yeah, full yeah. of cheese yeah. and no, no. beer. Where their bodies the are physically, yes, they recommended Philadelphia. Or Elementor. No, great movie. Gold member. Um, we uh, uh, we selected the documentary, Ooh. Uh, American Movie. That is fantastic. It's been on my recent watch list because of uh, certain things that have happened recently yeah. that we can talk about yes, on the pod bar tech. But uh, American Movie, I think, yeah, we love doing it's, documentaries uh, from time to time, too. an hour north of us. Yeah, so we'll add that American movie. I, 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 yep, I, I'm aware of it, but I haven't seen it all in time. That's something I can t- discuss next time on the podcast. My weird history with this uh, documentary, with this film. So thank you guys so much for recommending that, uh, Bartek. Um, where can people find us on the internet? Just, just for those who do want to find. Our, our podcast that aren't already listening to it on the internet. See, sometimes we do send these via carrier pigeons to some people, so on a tape. So, where can people find our podcast? You can find us on the internet, full stop, uh, at places such as Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. We all go by, we always go by Spit and Polish Presents on those websites. Um, you can contact us directly at spitandpolished at gmail.com. Mm hmm. Uh, and yeah, you can leave us a rating or a review, or, or I said or, but you can be and, on iTunes or any other of those podcast compilation websites, uh, or podcatchers, you call them. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, like YouTube comments, I guess, that's an option. People do leave them, and then sometimes they delete them, so then when I go, I get a notification saying I got one, then I press it and I can't read it anymore. Why do you guys do that? Yes. From what I could see, it was a nice comment. Why did you leave? Yeah. It, I wanted to know more about your history with Santa Claus as a stinker, whoever that person was from France. Yeah. That's what I asked. <laughs> Why did you do that? Stop doing that. Stop it. No, but, uh... Babylon boys, Steve and Ben and not Sean. What about you? Where can people find the podcast? Well, you can find uh, our podcast at uh, Last Best uh, B Five on Twitter and Instagram. You could also find the comic, 
Steve and I do together. That's right. On Instagram at Phil Comic. Phil as in F I L L. As in P H I L. Thank and you. is this uh, uh, related to the podcast, or just something different entirely? This is uh, this is a, a yeah. different beast in its own. Yeah. See, I um, know this because I follow these things. But Bartek gave me a look like, "Wow, these guys have a podcast and a comic book and for a their podcast. Comic? How do oh, they find uh, the time? Yeah, like now they're entering the the San Pell era of the comic book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the San Pell would be great, though, Ben. We should have a, a Babylon Five comic. That ties yeah. into our discussions. That'd be great. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, last best B5. You could also email us lastbestb5 at uh, gmail.com. We we try to read everything that we get uh, on the on the program. So uh, go for it. Yeah. Yeah, these so, guys yeah, uh... send us an email about this podcast and we'll <laughs> Yeah, read and we'll read it. Yeah. <laughs> and that means sure. we know that you're diehard yeah, sure. fans of these guys because you went over to their podcast or you're from theirs and you went over here. Hmm? You, yeah. yeah, that's we'll that's how we crossover. test it. Email them, tell them what you like or what you don't like. I always appreciate when guests dare to give their own emails on the pod, and or the brave ones who's like, our patrons also this. I'm like, oh, okay, you're really plugging yourself, okay, guys. But yeah, just uh, you know, make sure to follow them. Uh, you know, the B five. If you like B five, or you're just wanting some funny discussions about science fiction television, uh. Good times are happening over there. Bartek, I played you a bit of their podcast. Uh, Bartek, I think you've only really heard uh, the reaction to the real truth of what Warren Keffer was all about. Oh, yeah, I think you <laughs> did send me that. Yeah. I'm a good friend. I told Bartek when he first watched Babylon 5 that Warren Warren Keffer's existence in the show, I didn't hold that back from him until the end of the season. I mean, what, what monster would do well, that? Well, you didn't say anything, but then I brought him up and you're like, oh, yeah, you, and then you told me. Yeah. <laughs> Encouraged them the whole time, the whole season. <laughs> Promise them that they were getting more. Yeah. <laughs> we just constantly be like, "You watch out!" And then, yeah, and then, all it. of us on the internet say, "Hold out for it! It's going to be it's a slow be burn." And it was. He burned slowly. So that is it. That's all we've got for you, listening people. So make sure to check out uh, the next movie in the interim of time. And uh, I guess be kind to each other. Remember when we used to sign off every episode with that, just telling everyone, remember to be kind to each other. And then we stopped doing that because we we grew cold and cynical. Mm. It's a new year, Bartek, and I'm bringing the old ways back. Remember (laughs) to be kind to each other, everyone. Ooh, yeah, new year, new podcast, yeah. Let's make make a big promise. Okay, what do you want to promise? In the last episode of this year, Ryan will sing. Uh, a, full, a full number? Ryan will sing. Yeah, just like doesn't... something out of a Baz Luhrmann movie. Thank, thank you. You know what? <laughs> he almost said it normal then. Almost. <laughs> he didn't have too much of a weird emphasis on it. Almost. We'll get there. We'll get there. And second promise, I will listen to Ryan sing. Okay. <laughs> Don't want to just make you do everything. Thanks for contributing to the podcast. <laughs> you add the polish to our spin. <laughs>